If you have any questions about the book, or you want me to read something, or you want a shout out, or if you just want to contact me, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. Chapter 22, Wings of Fire, The Dark Secret It wasn't hard to guess where the tunnel to the rainforest was. <clears throat> Once they reached the black sand beach, the cluster of arm, armed night wings gathered in the entrance of a certain cave was a fairly strong clue. Be confident, Starfight said a fate speaker, thinking of Tsunami bluffing the seething soldiers. Act like we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Not a problem, fate speaker said. I mean, we are. Starfly guessed that she rarely had trouble with confidence. Now he had just had to follow his own advice. And he had to hope that the news hadn't gotten from here to the council chamber yet, and that these guards wouldn't know about the planned attack tonight. They landed just inside the cave mouth, staring forward under flame's weight. The red dragonette slid slowly to the ground. Look, we're all getting close to fainting. Stay with us, Starfight said to him, squeezing one of flame's talons. What is the meaning of this? growled the biggest nightwing guard. He paced forward to loom over them, glaring at flame in particular. Here we go, Starfight thought. Maybe all those games of pretend we used to play will turn out to be useful after all. Did you get the message? I knew that would happen, he said. He wanted some bald and authoritative like Tsunami, but his voice sounded higher and more anxious than he'd hoped. So work with that. It makes sense that I'd be anxious about this plan. If I can't be Tsunami, then try to convince him a Starfight. The nervous know-it-all. He pointed at Flame. This is one of the Dragonets of Prophecy. As you can see, he was slashed by Sandwing today. Starfight peeled up the bandage a little so the guards could see the oozing wound underneath. All of them let back a collective gasp before and stepped back. Starfleet straightened and, fold, straightened and folded his wings. The venom is extremely denny, deadly. The queen has ordered us to take him to, through the rainforest and from there to the kingdom of sand to find a cure. You, said the head guard skeptically. I know, I was nervous about the whole idea too, Starfleet said, hoping they'd believe that that was why his talons were shaking. But she said, I'm the only Nightwing who wouldn't be attacked or chased away by the dragonets in the rainforest. They know me. They'll think I'm on their side. Can you imagine? A Nightwing being friends with Seawing or a Mudwing or a Rainwing of all creatures? A few of the guards were nodding, but the biggest one didn't look convinced. I'll have to verify this order, said the big guard, signaling one of the other dragons forward. Of course you do, Starfight said, letting his panic spell into his voice a little. I said this would happen. She's going to be so angry. He said He said to Fate Speaker, then turned back to the guard. I told them you'd delay us by sending someone back to the fortress. I told them the Skywim would be dead before we got through. But nobody listens to me. Himaji said that you'd take one look at him and understand the urgency, and that I shouldn't worry. He wrung his claws together. But of course, I was right to worry. I'm always right about worrying. Oom, said the guard. He was starting to look almost as nervous as Starfight felt. He's really that close to dead? It's all right, Starfight said, rubbing his head anxiously. I'll do exactly, I would, I'd do exactly the same thing in your place. She'll probably kill all of us, but what else could you do? He nodded at the messenger. Go ahead. 
You can tell her it doesn't really matter since he'll be dead by the time you return. He nudged the flame. He nudged flame with one toe. The skyving obligingly looked even more like a dying fish. But he can't die, Fate Speaker jumped in, as if she'd having been having this argument with Starfight the whole way here. He's the only Skywing we've got. Without him, no prophecy, no plan, and a raiment forced home for our tribe. The guards behind the leader were starting to mutter and crane their necks to peer at flame. But he has to check the order, Starfight argued back. What's he going to do, just let two Nightwing Dragonettes wander through the tunnel with a Skywing? Why, why we might... We might, he paused and looked at the guard. What are you worried we'll do? Well, I don't know, he said, shifting the spear from town to town. I'm just following protocol. See, Starfight said a fate speaker. Protocol. Flame wheezed in a dying gas kind of way. We've got to let them through, chief, said one of the guards. The queen is right. This dragonette is the only one who can get into the rainforest. That's why we. That's where we grabbed him from. He can get the skywing to the cure. No one else can. Starflight gave her a grateful look that was entirely heartfelt. The head guard flexed his, ta- his claws with an uneasy expression. No funny business, he said to Starflight. You fix that skywing and come back. We'll be back by nightfall, Fate Speaker promised. Maybe we'll even learn some. Maybe we'll even learn something about what they're planning over there. They'd probably tell this one everything. She jerked her head at Starflight. He's got them wrapped around her, his tail from what I hear. Makes sense, said another guard. Let him through, chorused two more. Their leader glanced toward the fortress again, then finally, warily, stepped back out of their way. Starflight heaved flame up, flopping the dragon's red wing over one of his shoulders, and then he and Fate Speaker dragged him down the long corridor to the back cave, where a dark hole in the wall radiated that wrongness that Starflight remembered from the tunnel in the rainforest. The Nightwing guards stared at them as they went past. Starflight kept expecting one of the yell. It's a trick! They're lying! He forced himself to concentrate on their story. Flame needs a cure for Sailing Venom. We have to take him through to save him. It had the advantage of being true, which helped. As they reached the hole, one of the guards stepped forward, suddenly and Starfight just barely managed to stop himself from flinching away. It turned out she was reaching to help them lift Flame into the hole. Starfight nodded to her and then hoped up and then hopped up to join the Skywing. We did it, but we're not safe yet. In the tunnel there was just enough space to fly. Fate Speaker went first, then Flame at a wobbly fat flap that fell excruciatingly slow to Starflight. And then, and they began the winding trek back toward the rainforest. The air grew warmer and wetter, and the sounds of insects and monkeys chittering began to reverberate off the walls. Fate Speaker twisted a glance back at Starfight with a grin. But he couldn't force himself into a smile. Not yet. Not until he felt the jungle earth crumbling between his claws. Green sunlight shone up ahead to, up ahead of them. Fate Speaker twitched in a happy way and sped up without seeming to realize it. She shot out into the rainforest several lengths before flame. Starflight heard a scream, and then the scream abruptly cut off. He shoved flame forcefully out of the hole and burst out into the glorious warm day. Magenta pink flowers dripped from the trees, and a number of silvery sloths poked their heads through the leaves to examine the newcomers. A bird with long blue tail feathers strutted by, eyeing him beatily. Stop right there, a voice yelled. 
Don't move and put your talents on your head and surrender and close where I can see them. Starfleet wasn't sure which conflicting order to follow. He twisted rapidly in a circle and swallowed up by its speaker lying next to the stream with the orange-gold rainwing sitting cheerfully on top of her, wrapping vines around her snout. Another rainwing materialized slowly in front of him, the scales changing color so she no longer blended into the background. You're my prisoner, she cried. Run for your life! Mango, you can't just yell things at random, said a familiar voice. Tsunami dropped down from one of the branches, frowning. Try to think about what comes out of your starflight. She interrupted herself with a joyful cry. At the same time, another dragon canoed out of the foliage and crashed in right into starflight. Starflight found himself encircled by strong brown wings as Clay nearly flung himself into the treetops with delight. You escaped! Tsunami yelped, elbowing Clay's side so she could wrap starflight and her own blue wings. That's unbelievable. How, 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 how? I'll tell you everything, but I have to see Glory right away, Starflight said. He glanced around, hoping Sunny was also concealed in the bushes, but she didn't appear. He turned to Flame, who had collapsed unconscious. And this Skyring needs a cactus we got from the desert. He's been slashed with a salmon tail. Oh, poor guy, Clay said, crouching beside Flame. Enter it form. The mudwing gently lifted Flame's snout and peered at the wound. He waved to the trees and six more railings popped into sight. In minutes, they produced a kind of hammock net, which had tucked around Flame so that they could carry him off toward the village. To the healers, as fast as you can, Clay told them. Glory told us everything you said in her dream, which, by the way, is crazy. Visiting a dragon's dreams, Tsunami said to Starfight, winding his tail around his. Well, except she didn't tell me about the stealth raiming bodyguard she put on me. That was pretty hilarious. Everyone sh- should suddenly have their air turned into several bright purple dragons feeling hysterically whenever she gets attacked. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having some of that. So I wouldn't mind something like that, Starfight said. The sun felt as if it was melting through scales, chasing away all the darkness that had, start- that had started to gather around his soul. You scared the moonshine out of those night rings. It was amazing. Tsunami beamed. Who's that? Clay asked, nodding at Fate Speaker. She's my friend, Starfight said, reali- realizing guiltily that she was still gagged. You can trust her. Her name is Fate Speaker. She's the alternate Nightwing I told Glory about. Tsunami signaled to the rain rings to let her up, and Fate Speaker came batting up toward them, unwrapping the vines from her snout. Hi, hi, this is the most beautiful place I've ever been, she said as soon as she could talk. I've never even had a vision vision of somewhere this pretty. No wonder the Nightwings want to live here. She seized Clyde's front talons and shook them vigorously. What's edible? I haven't eaten in days. You wouldn't believe how hungry I am. Starflight felt his own empty stomach twisting as she chattered on. But it was much more than food that was worrying him. War was coming to his peaceful rainforest, no matter what anyone tried to do to stop it. After tonight, would it be so beautiful? He remembered some of the awful things he and his friends had seen ever since leaving the caves. The violence in the Sky Palace Arena, the dead mud wings lying broken in the swamp, the panic seeing crushing one another as they tried to escape the firebombs when the Summer Palace was attacked. It was hard to imagine any of that here. Hard to imagine anyone burning these trees or hurting these harmless, happy-go-lucky dragons. But Starflight had seen the cruelty of Nightwings, and he knew how desperate they were for a new home. He believed they'd do anything, no matter how awful, to escape their volcanic island. 
Kate's figure was eating ravenously from a pile of food Clay had offered her. But Strava didn't think he could possibly eat until he knew his friends were actually safe. Although, that might be never, he realized ruefully. I have to see Glory right now, he said to Tsunami. The Nightwings are planning to attack tonight. She gasped and all the other trees around her gasped at the same time. Tsunami turned to frown at the apparently empty branches. I told you I you I told you all could I told you all you could go back to the village, she said. I don't need a bodyguard, I can take care of myself. Nobody answered, Tsunami sighed. You've never seen instant loyalty like these Raymonds have for Queen Glory, she said to Starflight. Don't even try to convince them to disobey her. Never going to happen. That's great, Starflight said, pleased. At least one of us is fitting into her tribe. For her war size, yes. For for the size of her head, no. She waved one of the Raymonds who had been sitting on Fate Speaker. Fate Speaker eyed him warily, but his tangerine orange face was cheerful and extremely non-threatening. Take these nightlings to the queen, Tsunami said. Clay and I have to stay on guard here, she explained to Starflight. Especially on a really sunny day like this, I'm afraid Raymonds have a tendency to fall asleep all over the place. Sure, Starflight said. But if there's any battle planning, I want to be involved, Tsunami added fiercely. Of course, Starflight said, spreading his wings. How long do they have until dark? Would the Nightlings even wait until midnight, once they realized that Starflight had gone through? Surely Mars here would guess that Starfight would want to warn his friends. What if that spurred them to attack sooner? They might invade at any moment. They might even they might even be on their way right now. He cast a worried look back at the hole. Be careful, he said to Tsunami. I'm ready for them. Don't, she said. Don't worry. He curled she curled her claws menacingly. Starflight and Fatesmaker followed the orange-gold raiming and up into the treetops, where they even more sunlight. Fatesmaker ducked as a flock of tiny purple birds exploded past her. She kept twisting to watch the shimmering azure, azure butterflies that flitted by, and once she startled a large, spotted jungle cat, so he nearly fell off his branch where he was sleeping. I cannot get over how amazing this place is, she said to Starflight. The Raymond village is really cold, too, he said. It makes me feel sad for the night rings, Fate's figure tilted her head to catch more sunlight on her snout. I mean, what if they had grown up somewhere like this? Would they still be the way they are, or would they be happy and kind like the Raymonds? It's not their fault they hatched in such a miserable place. Maybe they could have been good, or at least better, if they had lived somewhere else. Maybe, Starlight said. In fact, probably, but I think it's... Being a good dragon is about choices you make, no matter where you are or who or who raised you or how. The Nightwings chose to kidnap and torture Raymonds. That makes it hard for me to feel sorry for them. True, Fitzbigger said, and lapsed into an uncharacteristic silence for the rest of the flight. The orange Raymond led, led them to a treehouse that matched one of the dreams and stuff in the that matched one of the dream was Starflight had stepped into. The walls were mostly open to the outside, letting sun shine and fresh air pour in. And Glory stood behind a wooden desk, although there were no scrolls in front of her in real life. Three small ramings were lined up before her in various shades of green, apparently relaying reports from around the forest. And Glory saw Starflight coming and flared her wings. Starflight, she cried briefly. She jabbed her own forearm with one of her claws. I'm not dreaming. You're really here. He landed beside her. We found a way out, 
Fate Speaker and I. This is Fate Speaker. Because I had to try and come warn you, he said. His eyes drifted to the trees around them. Where's Sunny? Teaching a dragon at class how to read, or helping the healers with webs, I think. Glory said, waving her claws. Warn me about what? The Nightwings are planning to attack you tonight at midnight. Maybe sooner if they figure out where I've gone and why. Tonight, Glory rubbed her front talons over her head. Go get me Mangrove, she said to one of the small Rainwings. And you? Find Grandeur. The two of them nodded and flew off in a hurry. I've had some ideas for defense. I hope one of those ideas is attack them first, Glory said, because that's my plan. She glanced out of the window at the position of the sky and sun. I can get my army to fly in an hour. Sure, organizing rain wings, no problem. It's, it's only roughly as hard as getting a hundred butterflies to fly in a straight line. Starflight? A glimmer of gold scales flashed in the corner of his eye, and Starflight felt his whole body fill with light as he turned around and came face to face with Sunny.